yeah, and we are back. Welcome back to the Alan Smithy Film Review. I am, I am your host, Damien, and I'm joined again once again by Ben. ben. That's right. Ben, it yes. has been two months. Where have we been? We saw Dune in the theater. And then as if we had been eaten by sandworms, we disappeared off the face of the earth. We stopped existing. We stopped being a thing. And, uh, Ben, I'm putting all that on you, brother. It's all your fault. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of is. It kind of is. Work. I can blame work. Blah, blah, blah. I did some travel. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, COVID. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It just, we suck, right? I'm mostly me. Mostly me. I know. You've been busy, too. Be fair. You can do your thing. But, you know, but that just means we've gotten more time to get things under our belt, film-wise, series-wise, to bring you a rich, packed episode Gentlemen and ladies, we have tons of things to talk about. We're not going to go on and on. We could do five hours tonight, Dave. Sure. You know, bladders are only so capable. So, yeah. And unfortunately, we uh, well, we're starting with amazing robot voice from you. So I'm actually going to move my router just in case it's me. Um, no. We will see. Uh, okay. So we're going to see if that works. Anyways, uh, no, man, we've got a little bit more time built into this. We're not jumping straight into the movie spin. I'm not letting you off the hook. Uh, we've we've got a we've got an actual run of show. Look at how professional we are now. We oh, are, that's right. Forgive me. I got it up here. Yeah, we have a thing. And uh, Ben, let us talk about where we actually have been for two months. Uh, like you said, work has been busy. I have a uh, hello, Rody. Welcome back. Thank you again for that subscription. Um, we uh, we have been gone for a few months. I have been slightly busy, honestly. Uh, Mostly just uh, supporting my buddies and my friends over the past few weeks. Uh, my friend Rody, for example, she just wrapped, uh, or she's about to wrap shooting 1883, which if you're not watching that on the Paramount Ooh. Plus Network, definitely highly recommend with uh, Sam Elliott and Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. They're all amazing actors. Uh, two, two out of three of those I was surprised to discover were actually good actors. Um <laughs> Yeah, is I've that been, the prequel to is that the prequel to Yellowstone? It is. Yes. Okay. And it's very, very, very good. Um, support my buddies doing stuff. Honestly, Sunday nights have been uh, pretty open for me, and then been a uh, uh, been sort of putting off streaming. Though I'll be honest with you, uh, Flight Simulator has gotten some updates, which are interesting. I now have some P fifty one Mustangs I want to fly around in. Uh, Project uh, Wingman just came out, so uh, perhaps look forward to some virtual reality streams in the future. Nice. And I'm going to attempt to do a cooking stream at twitch.tv slash imrbuttons. Um, the other big news, and I do want to share this with our listeners, is that the namesake for my channel, Mr. Buttons, has passed away. And that has happened in the last two months. Uh, he was a good boy, but uh, he had a brain tumor and he passed away, and uh, we, we miss him greatly. And so uh, we're going to keep this channel name in uh, in his honor, and live up to the uh, Ben attacking uh, standard that he always tried to keep. I'm just kidding, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're we're he did pass away, and so that's been a bit of a bereavement leave. Is one of the reasons why I probably stepped back from streaming just a little bit. Um, I went live for five seconds, helping out Andrew, and uh, everyone jumped into my channel and started redeeming the Give Buttons Treats things, and almost caused an emotional breakdown, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, we're, we're looking forward to uh, looking forward to a fun 2022 with lots of travel, assuming Omicron doesn't shut down the world again, or I'm boosted. I'm willing to keep getting stuck as many times as I need to to not get sick. I'm ready for life to continue 
So I'm going to do what I can. Um, it's been, where have you been for two months? Well, first, you know, on behalf of our, our audience, our, our thoughts definitely go out to you, Damien. I've, I've, I've been to that before. I've watched a pet cross that rainbow bridge. It's, it's a, not a great experience. Uh, we're with you. So thank you for being open and transparent with us. Um, it brings us closer to our audience, right? So, uh, yeah, with that said, gosh, it's been two months. What have we done? We saw Dune, and I think it was just so mind-blowing that yeah. we just couldn't, you know, <laughs> dare. What, what could possibly equal that podcast, let alone the movie? Uh, you know, work, blah, 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 working a lot. I've been working on a lot of video projects. Um, videography and visual storytelling is my thing, uh, much to the chagrin and time of my wife. Uh, the hours I spend in front of the editing, but also... I can't believe you took that picture uh, when she sees it later. Right. <laughs> so we've gone on some adventures. We just got back, believe it or not, from uh, a cruise. Not one of the cruises that you know had the COVID cases on it. It was a Holland America cruise to the Caribbean out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh, you know, seven days, easy to social distance. Cruise is like seventy percent capacity. You know, it's it's not hard to stay healthy on those things. They do because they know they, they shut down for like, what, 16 months. So yeah. they, they know they need to raise the bar above what you see here in Hamilton County, at least for <laughs> hand washing, mask usage and, you know, social distancing. And like we felt very, very safe. It's a very sterile environment. So had a good time. Good unplug. Watch some films. Of course, you know, when you're on a cruise, you don't want to spend the $50 a day for Wi-Fi. So you're just watching whatever movies they're showing on TV at night. Of course, it was Christmas time, so they had like Christmas Story and Wonderful Life and all those things. So, just good to unplug. We just got back like a week ago, and of course, we just had Christmas, Damien. So, yeah, down. Did you get anyway, everything you wanted for Christmas? Man, my wife, she got me, she got me a pair of Weird Al tickets. I'll tell you that. Um, we're gonna go see at the Alabama Theater in Birmingham, actually. So we're gonna go see Weird Al, and she got me a Go Ten. So another geek toy that I get to play with for more videography fun. Uh, out there i've never had a gopro before so i gotta learn how to use you've probably used several of them in your line uh, i've used lots of old ones um i haven't used the hero 10 we recently bought my my mod buddies Rody and uh Danielle and uh virgil and i all went in on uh uh hero 10 for andrew and it was kind of funny watching him uh figure out how to deal with that because he'd been uh nursing along some hero fives for an eternity and so uh, the Hero 10 is apparently a fine, a fine camera. Just be careful. It gets a little hot if you try to use it for live streaming. So uh, be sure you've got okay. a, uh, an ice pack or something sitting on it. Um, uh, for Christmas, man, uh, Mandy came through on my manly tool time uh, uh, toughness. I, I got myself a Milwaukee Sawzall. She got me a uh, Milwaukee socket set. But the big coup de grace, and, it, and it's, it's, it was on back order, so we got to pick it up. But I'm getting the big Haas tool chest. I'm finally getting, like, I'm like a grown-up. <laughs> You're like, we're not moving because we're not moving this. Right. And, like, because right now I have three different tool bags based off of what I'm doing. And yeah, yeah, now yeah. I'll actually have, like, the correct thing to put them in. Drawers to pull out and, like, oh, it well, just feels. Is there anything worse than where's my 10 millimeter socket? Where's my 6 millimeter hex wrench? Where's my, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh... <laughs> which tool bag did I put in? Is it in the garage? Is it in this garage? Is it upstairs, downstairs? So really excited to uh, to get that. Then in the cooking front, uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels is Binging with Babish, and he actually started his own um, culinary tool line this year. Mandy got me some stainless steel mixing bowls, measuring cups, um, prep bowls, 
Uh, my mom got me a nice, heavy German meat cleaver that I'm really looking forward to taking to some pulled pork. And <laughs> Mandy says she uh, got an email that it's on the way to the store, but it won't arrive until January 27th. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, Rody, I know you're into cooking too. Check out the Binging with Babish line. It's all on Amazon. And uh, high-quality stainless steel stuff, and it's, uh, it's heavy-duty. So what's the name of your show going to be called? Oh, it's still going to be the I'm Mr. Buttons okay. Twitch stream. It's going to be on twitch.tv slash I'm Mr. Buttons. Uh, honestly, what I ought to do is uh, force you to edit other people's... Uh, well, Token, I will say I've got a Christmas present for you. And uh, my, my brother, my, my absolute best friend since the seventh grade, I have a Christmas present for you that is from a high-end Japanese... Ooh. Um company that i use several of their things in my kitchen because i trust them that much so we've got to get that gift exchange his daughter is my daughter my goddaughter and so i also have her some awesome presents so anyways um looking forward to hitting the kitchen and uh whacking some meat and cutting some onions and carving up some turkey and making some slaw and doing all sorts of really fun stuff uh on an experimental stream coming up in the future so please cool. subscribe to twitch.tv slash i'm mr buttons and support that crazy experiment when i do it uh because uh yeah that's right phrasing uh <laughs> and apparently i don't have a phrasing in my bot that's fantastic <laughs> so all right that's the host catch up we have got to really focus on amazing amount of content that has come out in the last two months it's really funny how we kept trying to do the podcast over the summer and everything when there wasn't really anything coming out and then finally everything comes out and we take a two-month hiatus <laughs> yeah this is the this christmas you know series because this is always like the your warm-up season yes and it's also like the, the holiday people are out of school they know theoretically they can go to theaters yes some theaters are still open so we saw some movies, some streaming, some in the theater, I'm guessing, Mr. Damien. Yep, 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 and yep. Uh, we have a list we're going to go through. We're not yes. going to go long on a lot of them here because we have a lot to go through. But I know we saw at least a couple of the same films. Yes, and we're going to go long on, on two of them. And these are two that just, just came out. Like, last week just came out. And we're going to start, we're not going to bury the lead. We're going to start with Matrix Resurrections. Yes. Uh, the Lana Wachowski uh, directed film. Um, and it is part four of the Matrix trilogy. But I will also say, having read up on it after having seen it, this is sort of like part five. Because um, in, a, in, a, in a twist that I'm sure we all saw coming, and a game that neither of us played, but once upon a time there was a Matrix Online. Yeah, there was, yeah. And Matrix Online actually tells a lot of the story that connects Matrix 3 to Matrix 4. Now, I didn't play it, so I kind of had to go and search out the lore to be able to fill in some of those gaps. But it helps to explain why some of the people are the way that they are in Matrix 4. And then the story of Matrix 4 itself... Um, it's fascinating because of how many movies that have come out this year are let's address the elephant in the room movies and how this one, in my opinion, 
is the first one to do it correctly. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 meta upon meta upon like I mean, it's not looking. It's one step short of looking into the camera and saying, "We know this is a sequel." Yes. Well, and so that really is the that is the secret of it is that the plot of it is, is that Mr. Anderson, um, he's just a video game developer who developed a video game called The Matrix, and it was very popular back in the day. And he's starting to well, he's dealt with some suicidal tendencies and some mental breakdowns as he's tried to cope with the fact that he's blending reality and fantasy with his video game in his real life and he even sees someone from his video game who looks a lot like trinity unless you look at the reflection and, oh and here's a guy who is this and you know, we've got the new machines working with humans or machines versus humans and sentient programs and lots of advancements and this is how many years in the future from the after they told us it's like it's been like 400 years or something like that and uh, I will say that half of this movie is flashbacks to the original Matrix, with the occasional flashback to Matrix 2 and 3. Um, you don't have to worry about being able to differentiate between the two, because you have probably forgotten the original Matrix was all color balanced to green. The entire yes. movie, color balanced to green. Yes. Whereas uh, this one was actually shot very, very much with modern sensibilities and honestly, considerably higher cinematography. Um, <laughs> Rarity says she remembers none of it. Um, the camera work on this movie it was really good and there was amazing times where things were given space to breathe and... There is a lot of CG in this movie, and there is a lot of the weird flashbacks in this movie, but it was a pretty movie, and it was a lot prettier than I was expecting because the original three matrices, the original three matrices, if you will, um, they sort of invented the um, techno grunge aesthetic that defined all the wannabe movies that came out in the 2000s that all wanted to capture that matrix magic and when ben says they're looking into the, they're almost looking at the camera they literally talk about bullet time mm -hmm. as a feature in the game and how do we replicate the magic of bullet time and there's just a little bit more than a too much self-referential oh my god how do we capture the magic of the original matrix because we admit we didn't catch it on two and three. <laughs> well, it, the first Matrix was so groundbreaking. It was yeah. so ahead of its time. And it became so much of a copycat thing, even with like Creed videos, if you recall, with arms <laughs> wide open. Like it was just like everybody's doing the same thing. Okay, we get it. You changed the. And 99 was an incredible year. Yes. It really was. Fight Club came out that year. Eternal Sunshine. I mean, it was like this incredible year for movies. And the Matrix set it set itself up to fail for anything after that, really. Because in such short turnaround, how do you top that, right? So you look at what 2 did. Okay, 2 had some cool action sequences, and it was way too complex. And 3 was just a bunch of battles. Is all, that's all I remember is that big battle at the end with the robots. Right. Everything else is just so convoluted. So where do you go from there? Well, you just flip everything on its head. <laughs> Let's clean the, clear, the, clear the slate here. Just start fresh and just address the elephant in the room. I mean, they can't not talk about how groundbreaking 
the Matrix was a bullet time. Like, when one word, what would you describe this as? Bullet time. I mean, there's just there's it's every three minutes you're reminded about the other trilogy that you can't think about what's happening in the fourth film because you just flash back, flash back, and they even say nostalgia is so great, isn't it? I just had a hard time thinking like, why why are they leaning so much? If this is supposed to be like a groundbreaking sequel, why are they le- looking back so much? So much. I mean, just go back and watch the movies. This shouldn't be a, like a. It's like one of those, you know, in mid-season of Friends or Seinfeld, and they have like a best of <laughs> episode. Like, oh, okay, this is like a no-brainer episode. Just go back and look at the greatest hits of things. It doesn't move the plot at all. It just reminds you of what you love about the trilogy. So. So I'm going to counter. I'm going to counter that with something that was the other blatant elephant in the room for this one. Um, the first one leaned into philosophy and Matrix 2 and 3 took that philosophy ball and ran too far with it. Matrix 4, on the other hand, decided to change out philosophy for psychology. Um, and Neil Patrick Harris, by the way, who is in this movie? Spoilers here. Spoilers. Uh, best part of the movie. (laughs) Uh, he's definitely the Hugo Weaving of our generation. I don't know. That's a terrible way of putting it. Although I would love to see uh, Neil Patrick Harris in one of the upcoming Lord of the Rings projects. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, instead of being, instead of philosophy, the White Rabbit, you know, we had a lot of those things, but instead of them being central to the mythos of the Matrix, they were instead identified as cliches. And the instead looking at trauma and instead looking at stockholm syndrome and you know people's willingness to accept control um obviously lana was very much trying to push some of her agenda in terms of trans rights uh the vaccine you know progressive ideals that would actually make human life better and yet people choose to undermine human life they choose to live in a fantasy uh that's what i was saying by the the it i actually think that the constant look back at 99 is actually lana's way of and you said it yourself but i think it's their way of saying nostalgia is a drug nostalgia you're everyone all these people are reminiscing or trapped in a loop or, or literally trapped and can't break out of the fact that they're addicted to the good old days because they only remember the best parts of the good old days they don't remember or actually i do the giant orgy scene in whichever matrix that was that served no freaking purpose <laughs> the second one the part in zion with a hair flipping yeah. yeah uh lots i mean uh and and i know that this movie also had your one of your favorite actresses jada pinkett smith returned to it uh. um so you know um i thought that that nostalgia as a bad thing was part of the reason why she kept doing that greatest hits part is to demonstrate that even within the society of Io, they talked about neoologists. They talked about how people that were free were addicted to this savior complex that, oh, Neo's back. He will come back and save us. We should not be a part of our own solution. We don't need to contribute. So that you go from the people that are delusional about nostalgia to the people that are delusional, delusional about holistic medicine or... Um, uh, herd immunity after only 10% of the population got their vaccines or whatever originally. 
and you know it's it's sort of art is a reflection of its time and at no point in time have the wachowskis uh wait speed racers a thing um mostly the wachowskis <laughs> use their art as a message to, to say what they want to say and matrix 4 is no different is cloud it, atlas yeah cloud, uh, yeah and that that's a great example of them trying to do that um poorly <laughs> i didn't like cloud atlas but um it really comes down to message movies aren't necessarily fun to watch and so ben what is one of the things that will that is an indicator when you and i are in the theater that maybe i don't like something there will be something that I, that happens to me physiologically and what is that thing I think you close your eyes and stop listening because you're in slumberland. Because I'm in slumberland, which is something that happened in the middle of this movie. Um, <laughs> which is funny because there's so much of this movie that I liked, but you are you are the king of pointing this out. And every in this time, if you're going to point it out, I'm going. You're going to get a hundred percent of my support. Of, hey guys, we can keep this moving. It doesn't have to be this slow. You don't have to keep retreading the same points we get it am i correct <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's a lot of good ideas in this movie i i walked into i walked in i, I turned i pressed play in this on my tv i walked it's into my own living room yes yeah, <laughs> until january 21st kids uh and i was into it like the first 20 minutes I'm like okay new people i like it oh looking little little look back in time there with trinity got it got it and then the whole thing with neo and trinity meeting I'm like okay here we go because that's, that's such a rich history there. And then it just got fragmented with these scenes of like, okay, we're doing lots of monologues. There's some CGI, but nothing new about that CGI. In fact, it looked kind of bad in some spots. Um, it just seemed like a very uneven movie to me. And I was bored too. By about an hour and a half in, I'm like, oh, another hour of this. Like, if you're going to ask two and a half hours of my time, you better get your pacing down. Because yeah. we watched Dune and it was two and a half hours. And you were like, what? Bam. What? That Just, was what? <laughs> Where's the Where's other half of this movie? Give me my next two and a half hours, yes. please. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it again immediately. And that's, that was my, and that's always your your biggest comment, Damien. The worst crime movie can commit is being boring. So, at what point did you fall asleep? Do you remember exactly? It was uh, if you were to say, Damien, what was the exact middle of this film? That okay. was the part that I slept through. Um, okay, it was the Ricci cameo. I Spoiler. Remember, I remember her. Uh, I remember seeing her and going, oh, wait, is that Christina Ricci? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was right after that, honestly. Yeah. So is this movie, was this movie necessary is what it comes down to? Because sequels are by nature unnecessary unless they're continuing this like a plot, like a cliffhanger. Because you wrapped up the story pretty pretty completely in three, as I recall. So this is just a, is it a cash grab or is it a revolution in the story of the Matrix and Neo. So I'm going to answer that by quoting the film. Either they did it themselves, or our power, our part, our, our parent company, Warner Media, is going to do it without us. <laughs> so uh, yeah. the options apparently were either sequel with a Wachowski at the helm, or reboot. And uh, a reboot would not have had Keanu, would not have had. Trinity would not have, I mean, this one didn't have Larry Fishburne 
And, uh, you know, I'm sure Larry's busy. Uh, you know, he hasn't done a lot since uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of fascinating that uh, he did not actually really show up. And I just realized that I'm doing, yeah, yeah, I'm doing this correctly. Um, so was this necessary? I think that it is, I think it was a necessary evil. Um, I think that if it wasn't done, we would have gotten a reboot that would have been trash. I do not think that a reboot, reboot would have been, if this had nostalgia, your options were either nostalgia or fan service. And I don't think that uh, it is so hard to do fan service without it feeding like a fan, uh, reading like a fan fiction. And if you just if you just desire some fanfic, then watch the Twilight series. You know, or I'm sorry, watch Thirty Shades of Grey. That's the that's the fanfic version of Twilight. Um, you know, it's it was bound to happen. And uh, do I think that there's going to be a Matrix Five that comes out of this? I do. I really do. Do I think there'll be a Matrix 6? Probably. This feels like one of those deals. I'll be curious. Uh, HBO Max, uh, just like all the other guys, they don't they don't share the actual numbers. Don't knock my tr crappy Twilight is what Rhodey says. I meant 30 Shades of Grey. I apologize, Rhodey. Somewhat. Anyways, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'll... It'll be curious to see whether or not Matrix Re uh, Resurrections actually got the kind of numbers uh, created subscribers. I don't. I think it came out in theaters at the same time. Um, based off of everything that I've read from Variety, etc., if uh, the ticket stub doesn't say Spider-Man No Way Home, then your movie, your auditorium is completely empty. All sorts of stuff came out trying to counter-program that, and apparently even Sony and Marvel didn't think that movie was going to do as well as it did, and instead it's like, it beat Avengers. <laughs> yeah, um, I think of the zeitgeist right now. So, you know, it's... So then the Warner Brothers folks have to sit down and go, okay, well, Matrix Resurrections did, did do well enough that we want Lana to do a fifth uh, sequel, or did it do poorly because it was shut out by Spider-Man? Did it do poorly because it came out the week of Christmas? You know, um, that do poorly because of Omicron. So I, I am going to say this with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek. I feel bad for those poor studio folks, those poor, those poor <laughs> multi-millionaire studio folks who who have, who can't decide whether or not they want to fund art or more profitable crap, because. How can you possibly know these days? There's no way to know what's going to be a success. There's no way to know what's going to be a failure. Now, you can know it's going to be a failure because it's Hurricane Heist bad, but you know it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what does and doesn't get greenlit in the next few years, particularly because there is this pent up demand for content. You got folks that are just filming as fast as they can, just filming all over the place. Let's get it done before some director gets COVID and we have to shut down. You know, is it just simply uh, can bad content, Sonic 2, uh, come out and, uh, you know, just because we need content and, hey, look, we could do most of this in a sound booth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to be very, very curious to see what comes out over the next couple of years because movies take forever to make. 
TV shows take. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm basically quoting a whole bunch of stuff Rhodey's been telling me for the past couple months, um, since she's actually working on these sets and that I'm talking yeah. about. Um, I'm gonna be curious to see what gets greenlit. I'm gonna be curious to see what gets made, and I will say that. I'm going to be really curious to see which studios handle things which ways. Uh, Cowboy Bebop came out on Netflix. It is 100% the fan service that I was referring to for Matrix earlier. Um, of course, it was fan service for a group of fans who cannot, under any circumstances, be pleased with the result. Because it's not the original. Instead, it's almost a shot-for-shot -shot remake of the original. And that's somehow also, it's also it's terrible and amazing at the same time. And so Netflix has already canceled Cowboy Bebop. I don't think it was as bad as the critics said it was. I don't think it was great either, but compared to nothing. <laughs> well, Star Rody says, so Star Wars. Well, uh, let's see here. Give us three days and the book of Boba Fett comes out. So right, right. Star, Star, Wars is, Star Wars is the gift that keeps on giving for Disney. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I have no, in, no interest in Encanto. Uh, I keep forgetting that it exists. It's I'm sure it's great. Um, you know, the Disney and Pixar alliance is strong, but uh, Luca 2 or, uh, you know... Coco, Sing 2. Yeah, Sing 2. Oh, Sing 2 has no <laughs> chance. I don't have any kids of that age, and it has no chance... You have any kids of any age. Right. <laughs> so it's it's like... Uh, there, there's going to be stuff that comes out that I don't think it'll, I think it's going to lose a ton of money or it's just going to be filling in a, it's going to be a, it's going to be an oasis in the desert of there's nothing. Here's something. And is that good? Is that bad? I don't know, but you know what I do know, Ben? And you actually, I'm going to take it back. I don't really know this. I, you, you have a master's degree, right? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, all I, I have, all I have, is this dirty place map from Tennessee, and so I'm not that bright. However, you have a master's degree, and based on that master's degree, I'm going to, I would say it's a very short jump to say that you are an economic mastermind. You are a financial wizard. You know, you have your finger on the pulse of the working man and the smart place for them to put their money, <laughs> and. There is HBO Max, there is Paramount Plus, there's Disney Plus, there's IGTV Plus, there's Twitch, there's YouTube Premium, there's Hulu, there's Netflix, there's Amazon Paramount. Prime. Peacock. Peacock! Oh my god, I forgot to put Psych 3 on our movie list, but four stars on that. But what we're going to do is we are going to provide you, dear listener, or dear watcher, with some amazing financial advice. And this is the Alan Smithy Film Review Promise that with our four-point scale, four being subscribe to the service to watch it, or mask up, get your booster, go to the theater and see it live. live. Three is, do you already have the subscription service? Click that button. Just click it. You need to watch it. It's fun to watch. It's a good thing to watch. That's a three. Two is wait for it on television. Some people still watch television. I don't have a table uh, television connection, but I do have access to the amazing Pluto TV, which is free television for streaming devices. And it's extremely weird. And if you're just looking to put something on, check that out. Rhodey says she's looking forward to something's wrong with Ron. So we got to look forward to that too. One 
is run away screaming. If you watch this film, you might as well go out there and French kiss someone with Omicron because that is better than watching this film. <laughs> wow. So, okay. ben, with that being said, and I, I'm going to I'm gonna offer I'm going to offer my my dumb little bachelor's degree opinion after I hear what the master has to say on Matrix Resurrection. What do you? Yeah, think? That, thankfully I've taken like you know business law and accounting and other such courses that obviously contributed to my train of thought here. Mm-hmm. Um, I I walked into Matrix Revolution Res, Resurrection. Sure, whatever. What, what R word is it this time? <laughs> um, with high hopes, because uh, yeah, three was kind of a misstep. Two had some awesome scenes in it. One is unparalleled, but it's been twenty years, right? Lana's got to have some new ideas. But being bored and frustrated and and then disappointed overall, I was like Trinity on the bike and Matrix Reloaded, running away from those albino twins. Yeah, run away screaming. This is a hard one for me. No, thank you. I this uh, was unnecessary. Yeah, Ben says go out, find someone who is an anti-vaxer. And just, uh, just give him a big old kiss. Give him a big old kiss. Uh, so, he needs to gift that. <laughs> oh my god! Thank God I don't have any mods on who can think of clipping right now. Our entire audience is nothing but mods. Anyways, um, I can't give it a one because I'll tell you what. By the time I got done with it, by the end, by the time I woke up. So here's really where it goes. Woke up. Yeah. The first half put me to sleep. And then I woke up to what probably should have just been the movie. The second half redeemed it to me. Now, did it redeem it to a four? <laughs> no, sir. Don't go to the theater for this under any circumstances. Um, this is, a, this is I'm giving it a three. So Ben is giving it a one. I'm giving it a three. It's wow. averaging out to a two. I think, I think it is fun. Any port in a storm kind of does apply. But when we got to the... All right, you're talking about the uh, training on a motorcycle running away from the blonde, uh, from the binos. Uh, I really liked th- when Neil Patrick Harris finally made his heel turn. When we finally realized that part, when when he's talking to him through the mirror, and mm-hmm. you get to see that not only has he been way better than than Agent Smith in terms of thwarting Neo. But he's been an active participant in screwing with his brain. And he's evolved to have these new abilities with the hive and, and all of uh and the it's always Matrix has always been an anime. So having having Neo having his force powers, if you will, in a diminished capacity. So they took him from God mode down to man just a little bit, but then they yeah. ramped up Trinity and they made that yin yang kind of bond matter the second half of the movie was fun for me and honestly if they could have figured out how to just jump past all the first part and honestly go ahead and cut jada pinkett smith's part because that entire role was just i'm crotchety general such and such and you need to obey orders and i don't care i didn't care about you before i definitely don't care about you now it's great that there's this new lady who's very pumped up and energy. I don't care about her. Yeah. G- give me the meat and uh, uh, Arby's. Arby's. We have the meats. That's what I want. Um, yeah. She, I mean, she finally learned how to be like the sea without sunglasses indoors, as was the thing in the you know the leather trench coat, yeah. sunglasses inside thing. So yeah, there you go. We've come back from a two month hiatus. 
And right off the bat, Ben and I are disagreeing. Feel that friction. That is that is character growth. Look at us go. Woo! Okay. But let's but. talk let's talk about movies that are products of their time. Part two. Another movie that came out on Christmas Day that I forced my four, poor mother to watch with us, and she enjoyed it, was Don't Look Up. Now, this has... When I say this movie has everyone in it, I'm really not joking. It has pretty much everyone in it. But it stars, ostensibly, Leonardo DiCaprio and um, our, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. And we haven't seen Jennifer in quite a while. Uh, we also have... Uh, Golly, we've got uh, Kate Blanchett in her sluttiest role ever, uh, which is hilarious because she's still very much Kate Blanchett. And I love that she's like, yeah, I have two master's degrees and I, f I speak four languages, but I, I go on um, morning television to trade ha-ha pleasantries with Tyler Perry. Um, it's, it's, it is, this was, I've got, I've got two statements I'm going to make. And Ben, I want you to tell me which one is that more accurate, because I think they're both accurate. So you can tell me if one's inaccurate. But this okay. was Adam McKay of uh, several amazing movies. <laughs> yes, and... Vice, most recently uh, known for, but also like the other guys and the big short. And go ahead. Lots of good movies. I like Adam McKay. Adam McKay said, okay, Netflix, I'm going to need all the money I can get for every cameo I could possibly. I want Michael Chiklis to have two lines. I want to pay him <laughs> to have two lines. I want Ron Perlman to be in two scenes. I need, I need all this casting money because everyone's been stuck in their houses and I bet we can get everybody for scale. Anyways, Adam McKay, they went, okay, no problem. You, we're sold, Adam. You're a you, you, you're, you're proven moneymaker. Netflix needs a win because apparently Cowboy be able, whatever. Adam then secretly says, haha, I'm going to write one of two movies. I'm going to write my own Doctor Strange Love. And I'm going to write my own Borat. So tell me, which one was this closer to? Or am I correct that it's both? Uh, no, it's more Strange Love. Um, it's it's definitely got more of the. I mean, it's so tongue in cheek. It's so self-effaced and dark comedy and satire, which is what Strange Love really is at its core. Um, Borat was more like a prank thing to me. This is, I mean, this is this is you know, it's. There are, there are people who are going to watch this and they're going to go, oh, I'm in on the joke right off the bat. I get the joke. Some people won't get a joke at all and turn it off because they're bored. Some <laughs> people will get the joke and clearly be offended by it. And right. there's one side of the aisle that I'm talking about. And we're not a political show here. Not a political um, show. But this is very much a you have to be an idiot not to see what this is <laughs> half an hour into it. This is not just a disaster movie. And I, I'm a fan of disaster movies. I love them. I think yes. even the worst of them has something valid in it. Oh. It's Because it makes you think, right? What, we, we, what, all, what we all remember the four that you gave Geostorm. We're all right yes, there with yeah, you. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, I think the people that are acting in this red temp pages up and go, I don't care what you pay me, I want to be in this. This is great. Because you've got Leo DiCaprio, you've got Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Mark Rylance, Tyler Perry, Kid Cuddy, fresh off of the Bill and Ted sequel, uh, Ariana Grande, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Himesh Patel, you've seen yesterday, he was the main guy in yep. that. And yes, for two seconds, Michael Chiklis. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, I mean, the basic plot is, yes, big comet hurtling towards Earth, two astronomers that are low level in the chain, uh, <laughs> go to go to tell people, and the people go, ah, 
not good for her image right now. Yeah, so red terms are coming up. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's in it, it, you can't get more. I'm wearing a red business suit as a female president. We're gonna mask that as if oh we know what's really going on here. And then the chief of staff played by you know which is her son Jonah Hill in a brilliant role. I yes. loved him in this movie. He's so funny. Uh, this is a very big dark comedy movie. It's a it's a at its core, it's a disaster film, sure, but it, that's just that's just the the front. Turn past the first page, and this is an evisceration of commentary of what's going on in the world right now. Because that comet may as well be called COVID, right? <laughs> you know, um, and what do you believe? And in, in the age of misinformation and glossing over something versus oh, I heard this, and who are you? What credentials do you have? And you know, geniuses on the internet and. <laughs> Also, like in the first half an hour, like, oh, is this really commentating on two things? That, but also, is our species worth saving? Right. Uh, if this is the best of us, of superficiality, it, there are so many layers to this film. It was just so much fun to go through and watch. Uh, and it's, it's, it is a long movie. It's two and a half hours, and it's not a perfect film. You could have shaved off quite a bit. But, man, is it well acted. Man, is it well directed. Uh, Adam McKay, if you haven't seen Vice, go watch Vice. Yeah. It's, but it's it's... It's what Wag the Dog was 20 years ago, where yes. it just said, yes, we know how to write a good political satire. And it's just, it don't, but said, oh, but what if we did it as a disaster movie? <laughs> and, and the beautiful part is that you can, you can substitute out COVID for climate change. You can substitute yeah. out COVID for income, gender equality, um, all the issues that are staring us in the face. All the issues, no matter what they are. And because we and because we we don't like being uncomfortable and we don't like things that agree disagree with us, we would rather sink our teeth into the illusion of we are of, of righteousness as opposed to reality. The entire premise, the entire title of the movie is don't look up. Because halfway through the movie, you can see the thing that's going to kill you <laughs> with your naked eye. And then the people with the crowd are going like Holy crap, you can see it. We've been lied to. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's what it takes. People have to physically see it with their eyes to be smacked on the head because they just don't believe it because they're being swayed for whatever reason, political pride. And you, if you're watching 5% of the news, just 5% of the news today, you, you get what we're talking about here, what they're, what they're looking at and saying, this is, if you don't, if we package it in the entertainment value, now do you understand how crazy this is? Um, so that's why I say this is a, a divisive movie. You know, it's a <laughs> funny movie, but there I saw I read reviews online. They're hilarious. It's like stupid, bored, and ten minutes turned it off. Other ones like it's brilliant. We get it. This is satire at its best. It's it's witty. I laughed my ass off in this movie. It's so funny. The Jennifer Lawrence line like, "Let you taking me to the back cave. Give me this mask off my head." Like it's just. You wonder how much of it was like. Can I say this? You know, right? Because they, they they're so passionate about this. So. I just love watching DiCaprio in like this really repressed, nervous Trumpy. role. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, he's just kind of disheveled. Like he's not the handsome, you know, uh, A-lister. Well, I love uh, that they, man. they made him the frumpy, most dowdy dude imaginable. And then in the movie, as to make that even funnier, they made the frumpy, dowdy guy a sex symbol in the movie. Yeah. Of you know what's sexy really depressing comb over bad glass you know i can't really speak too much yeah. about that but it was you're absolutely correct and it's it's fascinating to me i'm going to tell a little story 
so every so often me and some friends get together to watch movies um every saturday night at like 11 o'clock um and we do this very safely by the way and that's all i'll say about it and generally we will watch some of the most amazing classic movies you know uh men in tights or princess bride or top gun you know just amazing amazing movies and we vote on which movie we're going to watch and one weekend the movie we voted on was dr strangelove and it won it beat out five other movies and it was me and one other person who showed up that night oh and i get that it's not it's not you know, dr strangelove isn't well known to a lot of folks it is a bit of a um more niche movie now than it used to be and additionally, also people just have lives, so sometimes they just can't show up to movie night. But it's interesting to me that some folks who I would expect to want to be on board with this kind of movie did not tune in. And I, that's the reason why this movie in particular, you're talking about it being divisive, I think that even people that agree with the sentiment that is being expressed by this movie might be turned off because we've spent a long time screaming at the top of our lungs, get your vaccine. Put on your mask. Don't spread, you know, death. And even the folks that are good at it, we're just we're, there's exhaustion. And I kind of wonder if, uh, you know, if it's too late in the game for this movie. I don't think it is. I think it came out at a pretty good time. But I think there's people that, even if they agree with messaging in this, are just going to be exhausted by, okay, cool. They're preaching to the choir, you know. So I feel kind of defeated about that. I'm really curious. Audience, if anyone's in the audience, if you are planning on watching Don't Look Up, please let me know in chat. I'm really curious to see if, you, if, you're, if you're wanting to watch that. I do want to change course a little bit. That's a, that's a, that's a reference to the movie. Um, for, some, for some reason that I cannot identify, this movie has... 10 or 12 dune level amazing shots whether they be the visual effects are up to 11 or just some beautiful beautiful spotless mind kind of here we're, we we brought in one dp to work on 12 shots the rest of it's going to be adam and his regular crew making sure that all the comedy's happening but when this when the space shuttle and all of the rockets take off that right. that scene right my mom yeah. gasped she says that's beautiful that's amazing that looks amazing and i'm sitting there going like it is why is that quality a shot in this movie <laughs> really it's interesting i mean it's it's you wonder where money goes right um uh you think like some vfx house is like this is your movie oh we'll do all the work for you for free we don't care just make the movie and yeah that one wide like three mile out shot yeah. of the of the rocket ron perlman we need a hero ron perlman's the guy and like what 24 nuke rockets around him just like oh, oh, yeah. this choir of weaponry going up to the sky and of course what happens next is interesting <laughs> uh yeah it, it's it's production level where it doesn't necessarily need to be that level but it's fair it is a disaster movie. What's clever about this disaster movie, another point I want to make, so many disaster movies, 2012, Independence Day, they try to get you to empathize with the character. They try to give a little bit of a little, little character arc in there. And it's always like, okay, this is the moment when he has like, oh, the look with the ex-wife and oh, da, 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 da. It's like this cliche kind of like MacGuffin things they throw in there. 
this movie had real legit actors with legit storylines that had realistic expectations of yeah you know demoralized um you know ruined astronomer Jennifer Lawrence's character is just like you know make her disappear you know like she goes to work at like a Bevmo or something right. as a cashier because she's like what am I gonna do like that's a realistic like that's probably what would happen you know um and you have these arcs and at the end especially because the thing with uh you know Mark Rylance's character who's basically the Elon Musk of the movie or Jeff Bezos yeah, pick the, your poison. we'll call him Elon Bezos for this for yeah sure movie. yeah he's like I know how you're gonna die his algorithm tells you what you're gonna think and how you're gonna die I know you're gonna die alone you know but he is actually he was wrong he, he didn't die alone but the thing about and there's a mid-credit scene which I won't spoil it watch past the credits the mid-credits and the post-credit scene there are wonderful little arcs in this movie that I was not expecting because it is, like I said before, at its core, a disaster movie, and it was a welcome surprise. So I was, I was laughing, I was surprised, I enjoyed myself and the end of this film. And you're doing something. Yeah, uh, you're dropping, you're <laughs> dropping a lot of frames, but there's nothing we can do about it. Um, your voice is coming through fine, so uh, it's really only impacting our visual, our our, our watchers at Twitch.tv/slash/MrButtons. Um, so uh, the fun part is that I can see I get messages on Discord, but because this camera feed is a copy of Discord, I can't answer people in Discord, so I have to go to my phone to answer on Discord because I can't interrupt this source. Discord's got to use a different Discord. Anyways, that is, how the, that is how the sausage is made, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, Ben, with that being said, uh, Netflix in particular has been having a rough go in the streaming wars lately, in my opinion. You know, they were first to act... They were the first ones to show up, but when you talk about the coolest stuff that's come out on streaming in 2020, or 2021, I mean, Netflix is not the one that you're talking about. You're talking about the Ted Lasso on the Apple Plus, or you're talking about Nick Spance on Amazon Prime, or you're talking about 1883 to plug my buddy on um, Paramount Plus. You're talking about everything but Netflix, and... Um, this was kind of a hail, literal Hail Mary for Christmas Day. Here it is. If you're a subscriber, watch it. 4K, Dolby Surround. It was really, it was really nice. That comes to beg the question of, is that Netflix subscription worth it? And because of that, we decided to become uh, to turn on our economic, uh, our financial advice part of our hats once again. So Ben. I'm going to put it back on your shoulders. Again, my, my, my humble opinion may be different than yours. I think it will be less different this time than the last one. And Rody says, Stranger Things is taking too long to come out. Could not possibly agree more. Um, really? So, Ben, what are you going to give? Don't look up. Uh, if I haven't tipped my hat already, man, it's a solid four. I, I want to watch this again. It's two and a half hours. It's just like really biting comedy. I mean, Jonah Hill alone, I think, is worth the, the subscription to this. Like, oh, no, what if we were rich? Oh, it's terrible. I mean, it's just, he's, you can tell that he, it's Jonah Hill because he's being Jonah Hill, but you like Jonah Hill usually from Superbad and uh, Moneyball even. I mean, there's there's so many good little things in this. And it's nice to see him reunited with Leo again, yes. coming from Wolf of Wall Street. Um, but, I mean, Wall Street sometimes signs on to comedies that are just like, why did you do that? You know, just because I guess it's a paycheck film. But... Jennifer Lawrence rarely misses in her in her selections of where she wants to put her face. So yeah. I, I highly recommend this. If you don't have Netflix, get Netflix for this movie. It's that good. It's a four for me. I hope it wins some awards. Uh, ben, I agree it is a four. I completely agree it is a four. I think that this is a film that uh, is not going to win 
any awards of value whatsoever. Uh, Hollywood hate, or the Academy hates comedy almost as much as they hate uh, science fiction. Um, I'm trying to remember if I remember right. Didn't The Martian win for best comedy? Um, so it's yes <laughs> for Go Go Golden Globe. Yeah, Golden Globe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I don't think it'll win any awards. I think it is uh, a really great movie. I don't think it lives up to Doctor Strangelove. I, I think it is a great homage to trying to make trying to make that same statement about politics in a way that is interesting and funny and digestible, but um, will ultimately not change minds, but also possibly annoy tired people who already agree. Therefore, based off of all that dumping that I just put on it, I think I've telegraphed hard that this movie only deserves a four. This movie's great. You need to watch it. It is very, very, very funny. Um, every reference, is, if you don't get it, DM me and I'll explain it to you. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's some, there's some subtle things in this movie. If you're plugged in to the world, uh, you know what that's pointing at, what that's pointing at, and it's you know very obvious in some respects. So with that, we've got two fours for that. We had a three and a one for Matrix. Now we're going to do a mad dash. We try to keep these podcasts to an hour. Completely impossible. We've been on we've been on the road for two months. We're going long, so just strap in. <laughs> there has been so much that has come out since then and now that I struggled to remember all the stuff I've been watching. I have been watching a ton of stuff. And, um, for example, it's been so long since we did a podcast, some of the movies that came out on, say, Disney Plus or HBO that you would have to pay the upcharge to watch because it's in theaters for a certain amount of time until they eventually make it free, some of those movies have had that time <laughs> to come out for free, so I've watched some of them. I'm going to do mine in the chronological order in which they came out, kind of, except for, no, I'm going to do all the Marvel movies I've seen first. Okay. Because it makes more sense to group them that way. First thing I watched was The Eternals. Um, took Mom to the theater to watch that. And uh, this was, uh, to, to like I said, these need to be really quick hits. So I'm not going to explain yeah, the plot yeah. to any of these. Instead, I'm just going to give you food for thought and a score. Okay? And Ben, if you've seen one of these, let me know. And then I want to get your piece too. But did you see The Eternals? Okay. No, I did not. So this was Marvel's first DC movie. I want you to wrap your mind around that. Can, yeah. Is there anything worse I can say than a DC movie? Because it's like, here, here's 15 characters. We're going to give right. none of them any time to develop. And the one that you like is going to be the one that's on the screen the least, Kamal Nanjiani. Uh, I'm giving The Eternals a one out of four. Ooh, Do ooh. not watch it. It is by far the worst Marvel movie. Wow. Uh, the director, of course, did Nomadland. I wish her the best of luck. I know that you enjoyed Nomadland. I didn't enjoy Nomadland. She did not regain, you know, gain my love of her slow plotting, slow, painful, not really getting anywhere. And that's the point in a Marvel movie. And it was really funny to watch her tackle the end. All right, so here's here's the only plus to the Eternals. The end fight didn't have a laser beam from the sky. Okay, so okay. that's a one. Um, number two, Venom. Let there be carnage. Again, let me remind our, our viewers. I 
love Spider-Man. I especially love Venom. And the first comic book series that I ever actually, that got me into comics, like I'd tried before, but the comic book series that got me into comic books was Maximum Carnage. And it was a storyline of Carnage recruiting other crazy power villains and wreaking havoc on New York. And this very loosely follows the story of Cletus Cassidy and Carnage. There is no Spider-Man in this because it's being set in San Francisco, which is sort of a, a very Venom thing where in the comics, when Venom left New York, he went to San Francisco and became the lethal protector. This was, of course, directed by Gollum himself. Yes. And um, Andy Serkis. And Andy Serkis did play a role in the movie, a, very, a small role. But this was a vast departure from the first Venom. I wanted to like the first Venom and didn't. I went into this with those downwardly adjusted expectations and it beat them because okay. you had the comedy. It was really funny. The arguments between Eddie and the symbiote, uh, when the symbiote eventually goes out and starts bonds with the person at the liquor store that he shops at comedy gold. Uh, it is very, very funny. Was Woody Harrelson uh, good as Cletus Cassidy? No, terrible casting. But really, they actually oh, he pulled it. He pulled it out. Um, Woody, Woody does a good job with the crazy, and I'm glad they got rid of the really bad comic book correct wig and instead went with a completely different bad wig. Um. I'm to the point now, and, and Billy Bob Thornton, I'm going to look at you. You're not in this movie, but I'm going to look at you in your eyes. Uh, if you're going to make the choice, or if nature makes the choice, for you to be bald, embrace it. There, Jean-Luc Picard made it okay to be bald 25 years ago. Don't try to hide it with a dumb hat. Don't try to hide it with a dumb wig. Stop. It's okay. It's okay to be bald. And if you're not, if you can grow hair, don't make the choice to shave what you got. It's totally fine. If you want proof that it's totally fine for you to be bald and have weird hair, look forward to the next movie I'm about to review because J.K. Simmons decides he wants to have his natural weird ass hair and it looks great. Anyways, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I'm giving that a three. It okay. was really good. It, um, it does, spoiler, 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 tie into the MCU which is big news for the Sony MCU divergence. Um, there are references to the multiverse in the film. So this is a big change from Sony's uh, Marvel to, hey, oh yeah, we do like money. Which gets us to Sony Marvel's next part, uh, next movie, Spider-Man No Way Home. Or as I call it... Um, Doctor Strange is at his best when he's not in his own movies. Um, so, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, two and a half hours. Yeah. Felt like Dune in terms of how fast it went. So good. So many spoilers. So many cameos. I don't want to ruin them all. There's going to be spoilers that, I mean, they're, they're now being very openly spoiled out there on the internet. So you're, if you haven't seen it by now, you're, you're, you're probably screwed. 
but I haven't seen it yet, so in be terms, careful. Yeah, in terms of quality of storytelling, in terms of Tom Holland's acting, in terms of Marissa Tomei's acting, um, Zendaya, I mean, all everybody showed up to work for this one, and uh, Benny Benny Cumberbatch comes through. And absolutely, spoilers tag us up there, but I'm trying not to spoil it too bad for Ben. Um, none, of, none of the stuff I've said so far is a spoiler. It's all in the trailers. Um, I need some time to sit with it, and I need to see it a second time. The reason why I say this, which therefore makes it an automatic four, is it's possible that this is currently my favorite Marvel movie. Holy cow. So I want you to remember, I started this off with the worst Marvel movie to what might be the best Marvel movie. Um, it is so unbelievably good. If you don't like superhero movies, you're still not going to like this one. But if you have been following Marvel at all, or if you've been following it very closely, if you watched Loki, if you watched Black Widow, if you watched Hawkeye, if you watched What If, oh my gosh, this is going to be so satisfying. It's going to be satisfying in a way that Black Widow wasn't. It's going to be satisfying in a way that Eternals couldn't hope to be. And, um, oh my gosh, so, so unbelievably good. So I'm, I'm going to be curious to see when you actually do see it, Ben, uh, what you think. I hope it's this it. week. I want to see it this week if possible. I know I was gone for a week when it came out. I'm like, oh, I know Damien's not going to wait for me. He's going to go see this. <laughs> yep. Spider-Man's his jam. So yep. I gave I'm it a few days. <laughs> I'm glad you saw it. If you want to see it again in the theater, let me know. Okay. I uh, will try to coordinate that because uh, which screen did you see it on? Was it AMC 18? No, we saw it at the Maybe. Regal uh, Recliner Theater okay. because I took my mom and uh, their accessibility yeah. seats are all the way in the back and are 12 feet from the nearest row. So it was the only way I could feel safe going to the theater. And um, also it was just nice having an almost infinite number of leg rooms. So I might be remembered. Unfortunately, you're so far from the screen that was like watching it on television. But um, yeah. Good sound, uh, though, right? Yeah, good sound. Well, no, because unfortunately, uh, the nursing mother who brought her newborn to the theater to see a two and a half hour movie oh, no. walked back to the back and jiggled the baby for an hour. But luckily, the baby never cried. So I will give her I will give her a three out of four in terms of motherhood. She got a point knocked off for bringing her baby to the movie. But you know what? I respect that she loves Spider-Man enough to say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to endanger my baby's life by taking her to Omicron Central and uh, and watching a film. So oh that, that is the accurate amount of love that you should show Spider-Man. Um, wow. The other movie that I have on my list going through my, my quick hits, I don't know if you got to see it, was James Bond's No Time to Die. Another I have not seen yet, so I, I apologize. I, w I wanted to see it. I'm not the biggest Bond fan. I enjoy them for what they are. I, I just know that, like, well, he's going to live. You know, <laughs> I know he's not going to die. That is um, a so, fascinating statement. Here, let me flash yeah. the spoilers thing real quick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ben, go he's ahead and cover up your ears because I'm going to tell the audience James Bond fucking die. Ooh, this is not an explicit podcast. James Bond dies in this one. <laughs> it is not. Uh, no, you had enough time. You've had months. Uh, no, this movie was. I actually look at James Bond wow. or Daniel Craig James Bond movies like I do Star Trek movies. Even in odds, you have a good one, then a bad one, then a good one, right. then a bad one. You had Casino Royale, then Quantum of Solace, and then Skyfall, and then Spectre. Well, guess what? No Time to Die is an odd number one. It's 
the best Craig Bond movie by far, and that's better than Skyfall. It wraps up everything. Um, Rami Malek is amazing, and uh, it was it is really an amazing way of saying, all right, the formula for 007 has been played out. And we acknowledge that. We saw that breaking from the formula with Skyfall was the correct thing to do. We saw that running back to the formula with Spectre was the wrong thing to do. So let's go back to breaking the formula. Let's break every possible convention imaginable. Let's, let's make it so he's not... Let's make it so that he's an old dude. Uh, we're back to we're back to old Costner. We're back to I'm uh, not Costner. Oh my God, Kevin Costner and James Bond be the worst. Uh, we're back to old Connery. Uh, we're back to old older James Bond dealing with the fact that he's a human and he has to deal with you know getting shot even with a bulletproof vest. You're not going to bounce right back from that. Um, so really, really good. No no time to die. Really, really good. The special effects, the cinematography, the music. Um, Everything hit all the right notes. I wish I had not waited to watch it on a streaming platform. I wish I had seen it in theater in retrospect. Um, but even though I did watch it on only a 27-inch monitor, uh, apparently a foot and a half away from my face, um, <laughs> you know, it's still, it still really knocked that apart. No time to die. Big four. Uh, huge wow. four so okay. um, highly recommend it ben if you are able to see it if it's still in any of the theaters um right after you get out of spider-man which is better um then go see this uh highly recommend it highly recommend it very good i won't be seeing it again but i would see spider-man again okay um, okay this is the kind of bond movie that back in the day i would have my, my dad and i would have said oh we're putting this in the vhs collection you know what i'm saying so that's uh, so that we can watch this bond again. And honestly, I think that your best bet is to watch Casino Royale followed by Skyfall followed by this and ignore those two in the middle and you'll be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ben, I have hogged the microphone for 30 minutes now. Go ahead and let's run through your movies. Well, you know, you talk about VHS films, that just rattles me up a little because it's uh it's it's my first movie is a movie that I saw as a double cassette on the walls of Blockbuster. And I was like, oh, I know this is an important movie. I know I should see it someday. But I want to watch Spies Like Us again. Uh, so I'm going to rent that instead. And But now, thanks to the magic of streaming, I look every month I look on HBO Max and I say, okay, what's leaving soon? What, what important film do I not want to pay for beyond my subscription price to see things? And believe it or not, uh, vastly different from the films you, you listed off there, Damien, I saw Gandhi. Hmm. That's right, Gandhi. Not, oh. not, my only exposure to Gandhi was Gandhi 2 from UHF, which you have a poster behind you. Yes. Um, you know, he's not taking any crap this time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he knows his ladies, you know. I mean, wonderful little parody there, but... Uh, yeah, Ben Kingsley, man. 1983, I think this came out. Three and a half hour movie. Uh, didn't know he was a lawyer. Didn't know he got married at age 13. It's a biopic. This is a biopic film. Uh, it's a who's who of, we're going to give you 10 minutes, but give you second billing, Candace Bergen. Uh, but you also have Martin Sheen. You have two people from Temple of Doom in this. The guy who played Mola Ram, Amrish Puri. The guy who played, uh, the guy who greeted him at the temple in the beginning, uh, Roshan Seth. 
So it's the who's who of I know that character actor, uh, including Edward Fox from Forest Tenders from Navarone. You know, shout out to you, Mr. Nate Patterson in Oregon. Now in Phoenix, or Arizona, rather, um, up north. And it's it's a biopic, right? So it's like, okay, it's 1983 biopic, so this isn't a Bohemian Rhapsody-level pacing. This is a true storytelling. It's PG. It's pretty safe. Uh, but it's also just brilliantly filmed. Ben Kingsley won the Oscar for I think it won like eight Oscars. It's worth your time if you're interested in the story of Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, what he did, which is, I think, unparalleled. I don't think there will be ever another Gandhi in our life for what he, he did in terms of passive aggression, resistance, rather, against the British rule in like places like South Africa and India uh, to be, yes, you know, equal rights. So we're not going to fight back. We're going to frustrate our enemies so much to the point where they have to give us what they want because we're not giving them what they want with fighting. So... Beautiful story. It's on HBO Max. I give it a solid three, just because I don't think it needs to be three and a half hours. It could have shaved off about forty <laughs> minutes of it. Uh, but there are beautiful scenes in it, and it's it's worthy of the awards it got. So, uh, Gandhi, a three for me. Next up, uh, a little different. Uh, so on the cruise ship, like I said, uh, we don't have a lot of Wi-Fi. Uh, can't stream stuff, so you're stuck with basically whatever uh, is on the television that night, uh, which is like. It's kind of like a streaming service online. You can go and like click through. It's like an on-demand on thing. And there are films on there that I'm like, well, I guess I'll watch this because I can't do anything else at night. I don't want to go clubbing or dueling pianos down there. So I'm just going to chill in the room here and fall asleep to whatever movie. And one of those was a 2000, I think it was 19 movie called Radioactive. Radioactive. Guess what that's about, Damien? Guess what, uh, guess what that's about? It is yet another biopic, but it's for the band Imagine Dragons. Oh, you're so close. You're so close. You're, I, I thought so, too, but then I was uh, pleasantly surprised. It's actually about Marie Curie. Hmm. And it's a very rushed hour, 49-minute you know, uh, path of a film where you, you see her before she becomes who we all know her to be. Uh, you know, the Nobel Prize winning work that changed the world of you know uh, radium and x-rays and everything and how she had you pretty much you know marry somebody to help her along that path. Because she lived in an age where women were not looked at, you know, the same way as men. So, how things change. Man, yeah, yeah, sure glad that yeah. time's over. Yeah, oh, my yeah, gosh, exactly. isn't it great? Says one white guy to another. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl. And name another movie. Go. Uh, Wheel of Time on Amazon Prime right now. Okay, good. Fair enough. Fair enough. But she's one of those actresses that, like, you saw her in Gone Girl, like, wow, you know, Oscar-nominated and then she just didn't do a lot. Um, there was that war movie, Private War, she did or something. She's She's got the acting chops, but she doesn't pick the best roles. And she's kind of gotten lost in the muddled world of streaming. And this is one of those examples where the story is there, but the director just wanted to do something stylistic with like the way the editing and the sounds are like, ooh, radiation and ooh, glowy stuff. And ooh, it's a stylized version where it didn't need to be that. Mm -hmm. She's good. The rest of the movie is really not. It's a two. <laughs> two. Radioactive. It's on Prime right now. It's on Amazon Prime if you want to stream that. Uh, also on demand on my cruise ship cabin uh, was F9, The Fast Saga. Oh, the ninth yeah. movie of the Furious movies. I saw, gosh, was I think it was like 2000, the first one of these came out, Fast and the Furious. I, I lived in California, the land of, hey, here's a free ticket to an advanced screening so we can get your opinion afterwards. And it was fast and the furious and the whole time like this is point break uh <laughs> and the cgi effects with the car the engine the rotor I mean, that's all like it wasn't quite finished yet so it's kind of cool to see an unfinished product 
since then, uh, it's kind of like what you said earlier with like good, bad, good, bad movies. Mm -hmm. But by this point, they have to keep topping each other because the last movie did this, now we have to do this, now we have to do this. So you have cars, okay, now you have jumping across buildings, okay, now you have a tank. Oh, now we need a submarine. Well, this time they go to space. What? <laughs> so, Jason what is X next? in space? What? So it's 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 Dominic, you know, Dom Toretto and his family. crew. His family. Yeah, through a family, yeah, his crew, family. Uh, you know, international terrorism, Shelby Steron's in it, uh, a strange brother, blah blah blah, t plot twist. It's basically a soap opera with cars. Uh, but now it's uh, in coronas. Um it's just it had some fun scenes in it, but it's not worth your time, especially for two and a half hours. Oh. Um, yeah, it's it's got you know the ludicrous Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, Michelle Rodriguez, Charlie Theron, a huge John Cena's in it. He's actually kind of funny in it. Um, Sung Kang is back, the uh, the Asian actor from Tokyo Drift. He's actually really good in it. And then Kurt Russell has his little bit. It's like it's gotten too big for its britches. Enough already. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. It's a two. It, there's some watchable scenes in it, but don't. Don't don't go out and you know oh uh, guess what's on tonight, honey. <laughs> yeah, just so Ben, find I really, something else. I really think that the Fast series needs to take a book. Uh, uh, I'm going to pander Rody since she's in chat. I think Fast series needs to take a page out of Yellowstone and make Fast Ten a prequel, and it's like two Model Ts racing through 1920 Detroit, and how there's the first car accident. You yeah, know, something like that. We need we need to go. You know, old Dom Toretto's grandpa, and it can still be Van Vin Diesel, but with a mustache or something. Well, there is a little bit of that in this. It opens oh, up no. with like a flashback <laughs> scene where Dominic Toretto, in in his brother, um, uh, John Cena's character, they watch their father die on a racetrack. You know, going around, you see a young, you know, Don, different actor, you know, with hair and everything. And it's kind of an, kind of an origin story of how he became. He does talk about it in the previous film too. He talks about the the poster yeah. on the wall and the car and everything. So you, they're tying threads together from films because at this point, nine movies, you kind of have to to go. Oh yeah, because um, it is very soap opera ish. So there is a little bit of an origin story there, but yeah, the origin of Nas. Let's do that. You know, let's find out what's going on in the back history of. Of course, Paul Walker. That was a tragedy, but sure. uh, it's just like, what do you do? Stop making these films. We're living in the world of of reboots, rehashes, and sequels in and, well, and franchises, and it's and frustrating sometimes. To answer your question, Fast 10, it's going to be all about SpaceX and racing to Mars. That's the, that's the <laughs> next frontier. Uh, so uh, that'll be, that'll be fat. You know, uh, honestly, they could actually do Fast 10 as Jeff Bezos versus Elon Musk, uh, literally racing to Mars. That's a thing that's actually happening instead of canceling poverty and feeding the world. But we don't get political on this podcast. No, no. Yeah, let's bring back Ja Rule from the first movie. You know, like, oh, let's bring back Ja Rule. He needs he needs a re, he needs a uh, a makeover from Fire Festival. Anyways, I think that's the that is the highlight of this podcast. The smartest thing I've heard all podcasts. Let's bring back Ja Rule. The first time that sentence has ever been uttered. Um, <laughs> I, I have one more film, and uh, it's by a director who is famous for doing films that take place in one day, like Days and Confused, like the Before series, Sunrise, Sunset, and uh, Midnight. Except this one takes over several months, I guess, and it's based on a book. It stars another person we talked about already, Kate Blanchett, in Where'd You Go, Bernadette? So there's a little rhyme for you. Um, it came out in 2019. 
it was a streaming movie again on the boat. I watched it. Uh, it it's it's very unlikable characters, but it's it, she plays this architect that's you know brilliant architect that had like one big flash in the pan, then she just kind of left society and left her career. You know, got married, had a kid, changed a career. Now, what's happening next? You gonna come back to do more things? She's just she's trying to find her way, and eventually she does at the end with a big project that her daughter kind of helps guide her towards. So it's a character drama. Uh, it's got some comedy in it. It's got a great role by Kristen Wiig. Uh, it's got some great scenery in Antarctica, uh, where she goes and does a big project later. So it's in Billy Crudup. Billy Crudup. 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 The guy from Almost Famous. Yeah. He's in it too. It's 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 a weird like dark comedy, but kind of a downer of a film. I give it like a two just because it's it's watchable, but not great and you you're kind of dazzled by like ooh antarctica and everything it's very pretty it sounds like um, a poor man's royal tenenbaums it's it's a, yeah unlikable characters dark you know streets in seattle it's just like ah, yeah it's it's something to watch if you like kate blanchett she's very neurotic i have a, it's hearing her do an american accent is a little jarring sometimes if she doesn't get it right like in don't look up she had those fake teeth in she's being very much a character yeah whereas in this She's kind of an every every woman uh, with some eccentricities, but she, she the way she curves her words like not every I think she's Australian actor actress can get it right. Uh, few exceptions like a British or American uh, English or um, Australian actor like Tom Holland. It would shock you if all you knew was his Spider Man role and you heard him talk later. Christian Bale, same thing. Um, Especially Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah. With the Welsh accent. Or Sir Sharonin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, yeah, it's, she's fine in it. Richard Linklater, I like the guy. I love the Before series. Days Confused is great. Boyhood is great. Uh, you can probably skip this one. It's a two. So you did four movies. I did four movies. You streamed some more. I'm sure, I'm sure I have too. We didn't talk about things like Hawkeye, which I haven't watched yet. I'm sure you have. Yep. Um, you've you've done a lot of streaming, it sounds like, Damien. So uh, we have more to talk about next time. We do indeed, and uh, hopefully next time will not be two months from now. Uh, no, 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 it will definitely not be next Sunday. However, I'll be in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, hanging out with some other friends, probably getting Omicron and passing it around. Uh, based off of that one that you gave, uh, um, Matrix. So that'll be me. Uh, you telling us to run out and give someone a uh, coronavirus. That'll be me uh, following those orders. Otherwise, hopefully we can get back in a couple weeks. Maybe you have se- will have seen Spider Man by then. There is some yeah. stuff coming out. We're now going to be entering into the dark January month where the crap kind of comes out. And those are my favorite movies to review. So let's look forward to that, uh, listeners. If there's any uh, retro reviews you want us to watch or talk about, um, please drop that into our website. Alan Smithy filmreview.com on our Facebook, Alan Smithy Review.com or Alan Smithy Film Review on Facebook. Uh, you can get all the podcasts uh, at wherever your favorite streaming platform is, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. And um, we're sorry that this went over an hour, but man, we had some catching up to do. So thank you for sticking with us this entire time. Um, Brody, I don't know if you've got any suggestions for anyone that we can raid at Sunday night, which isn't necessarily always a good streaming night. But, ah! Oops. Um, but actually, there is someone that we can stream, and I'm extre- extremely excited to point you guys at it. So, um, thank you all for coming out. Ben, do you have any closing words for our friends? No, just thank you for sticking with us. We know it's been two months. Uh, if you have suggestions 
things coming out. I know Christmas is over, boohoo, uh, but there are plenty of things to be happy about in the new year. And films like Top Gun, yes, it's actually going to come out next year, I think. And another Scream movie, so yay! Yeah. Um, tell us what you want us to stream. We are, of course, always open for retro reviews, so uh, you know we do those. We, we love hearing suggestions from them. And there are still movies out there we haven't seen, including Condor Man. You know, we saw that. You know, that's a great suggestion by Phil. Mm. What out there is so crazy? I know you're holding your tongue there. Um, mm-hmm. That you think, wow, we need to, we need to hear his opinion about this. Damien has strong opinions about this film. We want to hear those. That's true. That's true. So please let us know again on our Facebook, Alan Smithy Film Review. Thank you all for coming out. Uh, we're going to wrap up by ringing uh, by rating our friend Danielle, who is streaming Stardew Valley, a video game stream. Thank you all for coming out, and we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.